the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Dow jumps big time as tensions in Hong Kong ease. Market sentiment was lifted after Hong Kong leader Carrie Lam said she would withdraw an extradition bill that sparked mass protests. Roku just announced a $180 sound bar that also lets you stream video. Hmm. Bahama officials are searching for Hurricane Dorian survivors as the storm heads for Florida. Wow, what a storm. <laughs> just sat on the Bahamas. Like, you couldn't ask for a worst case scenario. Porsche debuts at Tesla's newest competition. It's kind of interesting. An all-electric Taycan sports car for $150,000 and $900 less price. That's one of the issues with Tesla is that a few years ago they had the whole game to themselves. Luxury, high-end, electric. question is, what sort of power will you get from the Porsche? And will it be worth $150,000? It's all electric. Um, We got to see it all at once in various car shows around the world, whether it be Niagara Falls, Canada, China, um, or Germany. So top cost on a Tesla is right around $100,000. So $150,900 is basically saying boom plus 50. Oh, I'm not ready to do... Jeffrey Epstein stories. It just, I can't do it. Um, there's only so much garbage you can cover, if you know what I'm saying. YouTube has paid $170 million to settle claims that it violated child privacy laws. Whoa. That doesn't seem that bad. $170 million when you're seeing Facebook get hit with $5 billion plus. Google's YouTube paying $170 million by illegally collecting personal information from children without their parents' consent. It was a 3-2 commission, uh, Federal Trade Commission, FTC, vote. Um, YouTube went out of their way to tout their popularity with children to corporate clients. Yet when it came to complying with laws that acknowledge that you're advertising to children there should probably be no excuse for the violation in theory that should pass the smell test that should fail the smell test if you know what I'm saying I don't know how I feel about that Um, clearly I feel monitored tracked and tricked and when you do it with kids it's I don't feel bad for myself but I guess I feel bad for innocent children right YouTube marketed itself to Mattel and Hasbro. So if your kid was watching a 
Star Wars video, no! maybe he was magically seeing a Hasbro Star Wars character during the commercials. Uh, right? That, that one just makes you kind of feel yucky. So, and I guess it's the kid angle, right? Because I don't feel that bad that I've searched for jet skis because I want to drive to work one day on a jet ski, even though I don't live near water. But I've searched for jet skis on YouTube, and I watch jet ski tricks on YouTube, and I watch jet ski videos on YouTube, and I watch jet skis meeting jet skis and dating jet skis. So oddly enough, I suddenly found myself getting advertisements served up for jet skis. I get it. I'm fine with that. Starbucks says they see slower growth in 2020. It's kind of fun saying the year 2020, isn't it? I don't know. (laughs) Can't just be me, can it? Um, Hong Kong stock's up 4%. We're only up three quarters of 1%, but uh, there is no doubt that there's some, I'm not going to say value because that's the wrong word. There's some pent up energy is probably the right word that's getting ready to be released out of Asia and Europe when their issues resolve. Asia has China, U.S. trade, and... China, Hong Kong tensions, whereas Europe's got Brexit, Brexit, the three-year, what, WTF, right? What the frack? Like, what's going on there? Um, it's almost as if the people voted for Brexit and the politicians were like, oh, you're kidding me. I can't possibly put my name on this. I, I, it's tough to explain. So they're going through another change of power in Europe, it looks like. Democracy is uh, the world's worst system of government until you look at every other system of government, Winston Churchill once said. And uh, I mostly agree with that. <laughs> so, right? Um, StubHub is putting itself up for sale. I find that one interesting because... I, I think there's always going to be a need for tickets, a secondary market. People buy season tickets and they don't want them. People buy tickets and they can't go. People get drunk and they're like, let's go to the game. And that's when boy kind of meets girl, so to speak. StubHub, the ticket marketplace eBay is selling, has drawn interest from suitors like Vivid Seats and KKR. Um... StubHub doesn't seem to lose. I got a really incredibly stupid story on StubHub. Um, a couple years ago, the Sharks were in the Stanley Cup Finals, and I picked up game tickets for Game Six. For some reason, I thought it was at home in San Jose, but it was off in Pittsburgh. And I'm like, okay, so I could fly to Pittsburgh. I can I can make this happen. But then the series took an ugly twist, and suddenly Pittsburgh was up three games to one, or something like that. And it just didn't feel like the Sharks to win three in a row. So I sold the tickets. You know, I didn't want to be there on a game that they got knocked out. And uh, I made money. I bought them in the secondary market, and I sold them in the secondary market. I almost call it the tertiary market. So um, that's good business. I think I bought two tickets for... Gosh, I want to say $1,000. I probably sold two tickets for 1400 And someone was dumb enough to pay for them once. Me. Someone was dumb enough to pay for them twice. Someone else. It's pretty amazing in my opinion. So, not like a miracle. I believe 
I'm going to shut up right now. I'm not going to say anything stupid. I want to, but I won't. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. UPS and FedEx will win from Amazon's one-day shipping. That's one of those one-day shipping. Analysts are saying it's, it's another reason to own Amazon. Amazon is investing heavily in its own logistics network to make one-day shipping a reality. So one analyst is saying UPS and FedEx are winners. It's counterintuitive. It generates skepticism. It makes you scratch your head. But growth of e-commerce doesn't have to doom existing parcel shippers. It can end up helping them. Um, FedEx is at a 52-week high right now. Um, FedEx stock is down 37% over the past year, but it's moving in the right direction. Um, More competition for incumbent parcel shippers, UPS and FedEx. All e-commerce speeds to one-day delivery if Amazon does this correctly, and that's the thought. That's the bottom line. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Alan Greenspan, he's a former head of the Federal Reserve. I always thought he looked like a frog with glasses. I know you're saying, I don't see that. But every time I've seen pictures of him, I go, oh, it's a frog with glasses. What are you, nuts? (laughs) Thank you. Alan Greenspan says it's only a matter of time before negative rates spread to the United States. He spoke with CNBC this morning. And um, that will certainly get you scratching your head a little bit. Because negative rates are telling you that there's a real big problem. Germany has negative rates, and they basically are eyeballing deflation. That's terrible. I know, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Roku announced a $180 soundbar. Have you ever gone into Best Buy, bought a TV, or name your company, gone into bought a TV? They're like, you should get a sound bar with that because the sound on TVs are really, really, because they're super thin. They're not very good. You're like, can I just buy a TV with good sound? Well, apparently not. Sound bars can drastically improve audio. Um, this is a new product for Roku. And I don't think it's a step in the wrong direction because when you start Frankensteining components in your life, you have Sonos speakers set up with a Roku, set up with a Sony television, set up with an Apple TV. You kind of feel like nothing's really working together. And that just pisses me off because I want my technology to work together, right? You're darn tootin'. Soundbars are compelling for kind of an added sale. And when you look at how cheap TVs have become, you're like, soundbars are expensive comparatively. Roku Smart Soundbar packs four different drivers inside, which should be a big improvement over your TV speakers. It includes automatic volume leveling, which can do things like quiet, loud commercials. Night mode lowers the volume for louder scenes and boosts required ones. Speech clarity boosts uh, voice frequencies to address intelligible intelligibility for crisp, clear dialogue. Who knew? We needed all those things. Um, of course, it has Bluetooth, so 
that can stream from a phone or a tablet. It runs Roku OS, which means you can stream Netflix, Hulu, and HBO, and thousands of other apps. It includes Dolby Audio 4K HDR support, Google Assistant, Amazon Alexa, and Roku Voice Control. It's all that in a bucket of chicken, is the way I like to say it. But again, I, it, what this teaches us, it's about product, right? Roku's got, they're in a couple different areas. You look at them as a streaming device company, hardware, and you're, you're missing some of the point. They also have Roku Channel, which they basically stream everything that's not on Netflix or HBO. So you think of a 1980s bad TV show, it's on Roku. And they're sharing the commercials with the publishers. So, you know, I had a nostalgia for ALF, the TV show. And I showed it to my kids, and I was like, yeah, he's kind of a puppet from another planet. It doesn't make any sense. He's wisecracking, and he eats cats. And we sat through one episode, and it was awful. It was awful. It was so bad, it was good. But we had to sit through a couple commercials, too, and that's where Roku made some money off of me. And then when I turn on my Roku, it'll say things like, hey, did you know you can watch Captain Marvel? I'm like, I did not know that. And I might buy it through their movie rental service. Which, again, there's no shortage of movie rental services, right? Whether it's Apple TV or Amazon Prime. Redbox has got a streaming service. Uh, Microsoft does, as far as movies go. Sony does. That seems to be a pretty easy model to get into, right? But I'm teaching you about Roku and how it's all about product. Um, Speaking of product... Um, Starbucks has had a really good run and today they're kind of saying whoa 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 stop the clock Starbucks CFO Pat Griezmer said at a Goldman Sachs global retailing conference that one time tax benefits in 2019 are now a headwind for fiscal 2020 earnings company repurchased 2 billion of shares in 2019 Starbucks reiterated its guidance for fiscal 2019 expecting earnings per share in a range of 280 282 um so the stock's down about 3% they tinkered with their numbers on a slightly lower they didn't really point to anything like oh there's a fungus that's killing all the coffee beans they basically just said downshifting of expectations due to Maybe a looming recession, maybe. People start, you know, caring what they spend money on. Um, And tax benefits. Warren Buffett just turned 89 years old. Man, I hope I make it to 89. If I do, I hope I have half the wits that he does. He celebrated his 13th wedding anniversary to his wife, Astrid. I don't know if I would get married at 76, to be honest with you. I think I'd start breaking rules at 76. Like, you can wear underwear five days in a row. I know you're saying, you can wear underwear at four? Well, I'm just saying, I'd start making up new rules. Buffett made his fortune through smart investing. I think he's the man. Um, he once said something kind of interesting. He said, you want to associate with people who are the kind of person you'd like to be. Move in that direction. 800 He said, Warren Buffett once said, Invest in yourself. 
learn to communicate better both in writing and in person. Honing that skill can increase your value by 50%. I love that thought. Learn to communicate better both in writing and in person. Honing that skill can increase your value by 50%. said, next, take care of your body and mind, especially when you're young. I gave you a car and said it's the only car you're going to have for the rest of your life. You would act much differently than you currently do. Any scratch you'd fix. You'd read the owner's manual. You'd keep a garage. You'd keep the garage clean. And he says, you get exactly one mind and one body, and you can't start taking care of it at 50. You'll have been rusted out at that point in time. I dig Warren Buffett, because the guy plays a ukulele and drinks Coca-Cola. He's consistently one of the richest people on the planet. Um, And he believes in giving yourself unconditional love. Um, and get so I know I know you're saying talk Jeffrey Epstein I'm not going to do it want the podcast with music find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter his handle is at Rob Black show listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW a little less tension between Hong Kong and China today tied towards some extradition laws being relaxed. You've probably heard it's been a summer of discontent in Hong Kong. Don't know how much you watch the news, but it has. 10-year treasury sits at 1.48%. Typically, you buy stocks anytime that's under 3.5%. I've been buying stocks for 20 years, and it's worked out terribly, terribly well because the 10-year treasury has really kind of played along, if you know what I'm saying. When the 10-year treasury gets above 3.5%, that's when I go, huh, I want somewhere between a 3.5% and 10% return. Historically, I'm good with those numbers. So when it's under 3.5%, I'm like, got to go with stocks. It's encouraging risk because people don't want to own bonds. They get 1.48% like you can on the 10-year treasury today. Let's talk smart financial planning issues. Let's bring in the one, the only, CFP, Chad Burton. Now, Certified Financial Planner, Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. One of the things that upsets me, Chad, is that a lot of people get a lot of bad product, financial product. They accumulate it. They feel stuck with it. They feel comfortable being stuck with it. They don't make changes. Let's talk a little annuity rescue. Why do annuities need to be rescued? Well, a lot of people get sold annuities, um, especially, let's say, in their 40s and 50s as an asset accumulation tool, and it's not. It's, an a- it's really certain types of no-load annuities make sense for asset protection from a down market. The ones that have are no-load, underlying investments look like mutual funds, they're extremely low cost, there's not a commission involved, and they have a backup to the stock market that says, okay, we'll pay you 5% or more for life, no matter what the market does. That can be good for 20% of a portfolio and usually it needs to be in a retirement account, not a taxable account. But what I see is that you get people in their 40s and 50s being sold by brokers and bankers variable annuities as a wealth accumulation tool. Yeah. Or you see somebody that's you know 75 or 80 years old with an annuity that they've purchased and they were you know offered all these smoke and mirrors and all of a sudden they're in this annuity, it's five years old and it's paying them hardly anything. 
and it's not co- doing what they need to do. Give me a couple bullet points why you don't like variable annuities sold to people in their 40s and 50s. Well, because you have what under, the underlying investment looks like mutual funds are called subaccounts. And so they say, well, you can invest in these things and, and you can rebalance a portfolio and there's no taxes due because they're tax deferred. And th- the true part of that is the average investor asset locates the wrong way and they lose 15% of the return each year in taxes. So they use this product as a tax deferral type of a product, and they make it sound like you're going to get a guaranteed rate of return on your principal, which you're not. What happens is your your principal will be affected by fees that are in the 2 to 2.5% range. Yeah. So, so you're, whatever you're, bells you're and doomed. whistles you get, yeah. you, you're losing in the form of high fees for the rest of your life. You're doomed to underperformance and high fees. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's you're you're... It's doing it will cost your family a lot more than the benefits that you're being sold. Right. Um, so you've got to get out of that. You've got to figure out a way to asset locate the right way and cut those fees out of the picture so more f- money actually stays in your pocket. They, they're sold based on fear. But if you look at the balanced portfolio, even from 2007 to where we are today, it's still averaged a great rate of return as long as you've had a balanced portfolio and you weren't just in stocks or just in financials. Um, so those high fees aren't going to get you anywhere when you're in your 40s and 50s. It might make sense if you're 65 years old and you have you know maybe 10 to 20 percent of your portfolio and something like that, but it's it's not. And or if you get somebody selling an annuity to somebody that's 75 years old and it's a 10 year lockup period, criminal. And then at the end of the 10 years they're getting one or two percent. And so now they're kind of stuck in this thing. They say, well, I've got all this tax deferred buildup. Now what do I do? So you can still rescue that annuity. You can do what's called a tax-free 1035 exchange into a better type of annuity, or if it's an IRA, back into a regular type of an IRA account. What's an example of a better type of annuity? Well, so you got to find out what you want that annuity to do for you. So let's say you're 65 years old and you've been locked up into some terrible indexed annuity or fixed annuity, and now it's sitting there earning 2% because interest rates are so low. Well, you could 1035 exchange into a no-load variable annuity where there's no back and surrender charges. So if you decide you want to get out in two years or a year, you can. And inside the investment, there's other types of investments that look like you know mutual funds that from places like Vanguard and PIMCO and everything else. But no matter what the market does, it'll give you that income that you need of 5% or more for life. Are the fees still higher than a balanced portfolio? Yeah. But you're buying this as part of your kind of hedged income piece of your portfolio. Um, so you can, you can 1035 exchange tax free into that, but don't 1035 into a portfolio, not another bad product that ties your money up for 10 years that if it's too complicated to understand, or if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. You know, I got into the business at 19 with my grandfather, sold annuities and mutual funds at banks for years and years before fee-based planning was around. So I know these products inside and out, and there's only one fixed annuity I like. There's only one indexed annuity I like, and only two no-load variable annuities I like. The rest of the annuities on the market out there, in my opinion, are garbage. Okay. So it's unfortunately one of the fastest growing sold products because they, they offer these these they offer these guarantees that sound so good, you know, 6 and 7%. Like you can walk away with a guaranteed 6 or 7% return and get a check for that in 10 years. You can't. It's kind of smoke and mirrors. What hurts me the most are the slimy people that sell them actually believe that they think they're good products yeah and sometimes it's not their fault it's usually they've come out of some other industry and they get pushed through a training process where they're kind of brainwashed into believing it 
And I kind of like, you know, when I look to hire certified financial planners, usually it's people that spend four or five years in that type of industry and then they go get their CFP and they realize what's right. Yeah. And they know what's right going forward, but they still have a clear understanding of what's wrong with those products that are out there. And that actually makes them a better advisor in the long run. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, invested in more. It makes me scratch my head to see how cheap of a fine YouTube got for basically marketing children's information or selling children's information to marketers. It just feels like they got off dirt cheap. $130 million doesn't sound like much, all things considered. Um, Apple planning to launch a new low-cost iPhone next spring. They've tried this before, and it was a bit of a flop. The floated low-cost phone is being built as a successor to the iPhone SE, which a 399 model brought out in 2016. Um, They certainly have the technology for it, right? They're trying to claw back market share from Chinese smartphone giant Huawei, which has won consumers over with cheaper high-end devices. Right. Uh, what you hope for is that it doesn't put, as an Apple shareholder, it doesn't put the 16-year-old kid who has to have the latest, greatest, newest Apple iPhone into a compromised position where his parents said, how about a $400 iPhone instead of a $1,400 iPhone? Right. So Apple's hold on the smartphone market has been slipping. Last month, it sank down in the rankings. It's the fourth biggest smartphone manufacturer behind Samsung, Huawei, and Oppo. Um, this will be viewed as positive for um, getting some services sold, whether it be music or backup services, pictures, TV product. It'll be viewed as a negative because it will ultimately let people get an iPhone in the United States and other markets without paying full price. So that's not a winner. It's not a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Um, StubHub is always a company that I've always fancied because it seems like they make a ton of money anytime you buy or sell tickets. And there was a day and age where I'd wait in line overnight at a Macy's in front of a Ticketmaster to get concert tickets. Um, Now you just jump online and get them. If you don't get them in the first minute, you could pretty much so count on the system failing. I wanted to see what all the hype was about with Hamilton. I wanted to surprise some loved ones, and I was going to get tickets when it came to San Francisco a few years back. And Man, I got in line. I was like 130th in position, and the system failed. Suddenly, I was 450 in line. Suddenly, I was 1,000 in line. So I look at stuff. I'm like, no way. I was about to curse there. Um no it's just that's how much money they make anyway speaking of apple i just brought up apple and their introduction of a cheap phone again coming in 2020 now they're borrowing from the bond market which i give apple credit for good time to borrow money whether you're the united states whether you're china whether you're apple um whether you're you and you need to refinance a mortgage like i just did um Tuesday saw a record 21 bond sales yesterday on Wall Street, or, yeah, Walt Disney was one of them. Apple has $200 billion in cash, but when you're getting, when you're being offered 1.25%, it 
above treasuries, who can say no? Apple's aiming for a net cash neutral position, but it still uses its cash. You know, it has debts of $100 billion. So it's using a lot of that cash for share repurchases. And again, if you're getting cheap money, it's better to borrow when money's cheap than when money's expensive. If you get my draft. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Taking a look at the market rally today. It's not really earnings driven. There's some warnings out of Starbucks, Tyson Foods, JetBlue, and American Eagle. Um, again, in the world of retail, I see names like American Eagle and I go, I just don't have enough money to own that company. Do you have statements that you can make like that? Where you just scratch your head and say, I just don't see it happening. <laughs> like, let's say I want to own a transport company. An airplane, a plane, a train, or an automobile. These are things that push us around. They're considered a proxy for the future economy. When transport stocks are hitting all-time highs, it's telling you the economy's cooking. It's doing well. Now, that's as a group, not necessarily as one name or you know, bullet shot. You can look at FedEx. Maybe they're not doing great. But in American Eagle, I go, man, there's soft-line retails, there's hard-line retail. There's just too much retail for me to get in and go, woohoo. Now, at one point in time, American Eagle was all that in a bucket of chicken. Kids had to wear it. It feels like that was generations ago because it was my generation. There was a point in time where if you went to the mall, you went into an American Eagle store and you came out with goodies. Now, I'm not really sure that that's the, the push. They certainly do good business across the United States. They've got an intimate goodies section, apparel, lingerie, brassiers. That's growing at 16%. It's called AO, AEO, so American Eagle Outfitters, just AEO. 16% is a good number for sure for an old-fashioned retailer like Amber Crombie. Or American Eagle, excuse me. But it's not... It's not going to move the needle. I'd rather own Amazon. And if it's not going to be Amazon, it, it's, it's going to be Home Depot. And that's where I stop with retail. I might be able to come up with one more. Like, on occasion, I'll look at something like a Target. Or a Walmart. But that's kind of rare. In the world of drinks, restaurants kind of still like McDonald's more than Starbucks, but I like Starbucks too. And then I get to the point of, I'd like a Chipotle. Yeah, that stock's done great. But it's a little bit tougher for me to put my hard-earned money. I look at myself as a stripper. I know you're saying, where are you going with this? I'm in good shape. People come to see me shake my body. They give me dollar bills. Sometimes it rains $5 bills. Sometimes it's $10 bills, but I have to stay in good shape and I got to shake my body. I work hard for those dollars. I'm not going to give up my money for uh, a third rate 
investment. I want the best. I want companies that have been in it in good times and bad times. I know, I know you're going to say, don't make a Bill Belichick comparison. Don't make a Bill Belichick comparison. Well, Bill Belichick, he likes going with maybe not the best, most expensive quarterback, but he likes going with the guy who's been there and done it, right? Same can be said for investing, in my opinion, on some levels. Don't quote me on that and don't misconstrue what I'm saying. Because one day, you know, Sony was all that in a bucket of chicken and then Apple kind of stole their digital music crown. So the best can become second rate. GE was awesome. Used to be able to say, why buy G-Wiz when you could buy a GE? Can't say that anymore. Now you're like, it's a troubled company. Starbucks is 3% lower today. Lowering their earnings per share growth from 13% to less than 10%. Seems like a healthy break for Starbucks shares. You know what I refer to Starbucks as? And this is going to sound kind of crazy. It's a lifestyle brand. When you can go into a Starbucks, and again, I know you like your drip coffee from the local drip coffee connoisseur. Um, or you like your, well, I don't like Starbucks, so I'm going to go to get iced coffee at Pete's or Phil's or what have you. Starbucks, Pete's and Phil's would love to be Starbucks, if you know what I'm saying. Arts and craft retailer Michael's is up 18%. Holy mackerel. Do you remember a couple of years ago there was a DC snoop, a sniper? I, I, I don't even remember when. I want to say 2004, 2003 in that area. Or this guy had trained a kid and they'd get in like the uh, trunk of the car and go into like Home Depots and Michael's craft stores and shoot people, snipe people. I want to say they got away with it for a good while and they were kind of like a serial you know, uh, performer, so to speak, where they did it on a regular basis and they eventually got caught, right? Um, but one of them was, one person was shot at a Michael's arts and crafts store and um, it made me, it put Michael's on the map for me 20 years ago because so I was like, who goes to an arts and crafts store? And then you find out more and more people do. Chicken producer Tyson takes him a tough man to make a tender chicken. He's trading down 6% after earnings per share warning from the company. Uh, challenges include margin compression. Um, on a reversal of a gain on mark-to-market grain derivatives. That's tough to explain. Implementation of enhanced food safety initiatives. That makes sense. A beef processing plant fire. Well, that's a good place to start a fire. How would you like your meat done? Well done, sir. Um, slower than expected operational improvements in the chicken segment. So this is a comp- this is a play on chicken and beef. It's interesting to note that they have a tie to Popeye's chicken sandwich. There was a shortage in chicken supply, so the price of chicken breast definitely bears watching. Two men in the South just robbed a Popeye's trying to get the fried chicken sandwich. What a world we live in. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up in San Jose. Learn more at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.